good entrepreneurship comes with a great deal of bravery and a whole bunch of humbleness. Yeah. You have to be super brave to go break stuff and do it wrong to get right. And you have to be super humble about the fact that it doesn't fit all use cases and somebody has to touch it. And, and so if you do not do that, then you have beautiful and useless. <laughs> right. I'm excited today to have Gloria Guntinas on. She is the CEO of Multiply and the COO of Pouch. Welcome, Gloria. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. I think you're the first person I've had on who officially has two titles. So maybe you can uh, <laughs> explain explain those to, to the group and maybe a little bit about your background as well. So the reason for two titles is I had the fortune of being the co-founder with Steve McKay for Pouch, which uh, went to market earlier this year in May for commercial auto. And out of, um, frankly, demand as a business and as an entrepreneur, um, we recognize an opportunity to create Multiply. Um, and so Multiply was born out of demands that Pouch had that didn't have and recognize an opportunity in the market. So although I remain a CEO of Pouch for the time being, Pouch becomes a Multiply company. I think throughout the, the conversation, we'll talk a little bit about the aspirations of what Multiply will serve the market with. Uh, but those are the two titles. Uh, I'm really full-time on Multiply. And uh, throughout today, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. Could you maybe elaborate on sort of what you saw through Pouch that led to Multiply? We all know as entrepreneurs that it's an 80-20 solution. Like 80% of the problem tends to be known, but the value lives in fixing the 20. That's really hard. And so when we went out to do Pouch, uh, both Steve and I had multiple experiences in InsureTech. And we realized that the amount of energy going to the core things that are insurance, putting a contract together, getting filings done, doing the billing, compliance, and everything else, takes a lot of time out of a founder for not really dedicating or involving themselves, especially at seed stage, on the problem that you really need to solve. So you're in this constant tension between speed, which FAA is money, and the ability to solve the big problem because it's energy, right? You, you need the energy to focus there and to narrowly view that. So when we were at Pouch, for example, I could spend endless hours doing planning and compliance and filings and everything else through our teams and our contractors. But then I was exhausted, didn't have time to talk about forward rating or safety features or other things that were really critical to the telematics portion. And so I said, wouldn't it be great if the 80 was controlled and managed by qualified people, which we have now as part of our structure, and we built that bench and that capability, and then entrepreneurs can really solve the problem with a bench of support. You're saying there was kind of a gap between some of the accelerators and incubators out there, and then the pure venture investors, each of those sort of different groups maybe provided pieces of the puzzle, but you thought there was an opportunity to package it all together. Yeah, and I and I think, you know, truly innovative ideas tend to be a tend to be difficult to implement and ensure tech just because of the type of regulation that we generally face. Now if we talk about personal lines, you know, that's highly regulatory, 50 states, 50 kingdoms. When you talk about other insurance products, I think there's actually a lot of freedom. And none of that is automated or scaled, right? So um lots of conversations around embedded, right? Well, to be embedded is at the point of the event. Notice I say event, I don't say sell. 
or purchase or anything like that, right? There could be a multitude of events where people are interacting with their insurance or their insurance needs or their demand. My bike was stolen. Right. <laughs> you know, that's an event. And therefore they say, I don't want to go through that again to buy a new bike. So I am going to get coverage. And so I think our vision is that with this infrastructure, we can really enable connectivity. So these events become rational. So one of the products is coming up soon is we're going to embed the rental rate at the moment of somebody applying for an apartment complex. Why? Because we have all the information. And so now you can say, hey, by the way, here's your apartment. You've been approved. Here's a proposed rate. You want to close that? And then we close the loop with the rental facility. You know, what? what is your sort of definition of embedded and you know, you talked about events versus versus sales. You know, what do you think sort of the most interesting aspects of embedded are and, and, and kind of where it's going? The regulators have clearly protected personal lines in areas where it's been compulsory. Auto being that, right? You're required to buy it. And so they're going to have very strong feelings about our necessity to be holistic and protective. And I think they should retain that. I, I don't have a problem with that. Um, as we talk about embedded, I just want to talk about the use cases that we deserve to bring to market, right? So how do we serve the market better? So one of my favorite use cases as a, as a Google user, these folks send us these really nice little things and we have them all over the house. I'm, I'm married to a super nerd. And so it's great. Well, in the middle of the Texas summer this year, I received an alert in an email, very simple, very beautiful. I even recorded it in a video. Hey, by the way, your unit is having trouble cooling your home. So we're just letting you know. I go to my husband, my husband goes, ah, it's Texas summer, it's fine. But they not only offer me that, but they also offer me key providers. And they allow me to make a digital appointment on my own terms to be proactive about the damage, right? Now, if we take that use case for insurance, with the majority of things that we can get out of a car these days, we have seen the folks at General Motors, in particular under Rose and others, begin to accelerate the idea that information empowers decisions. So when I think of embedded, I think about information that leads to safety and prevention to make decisions. In the fleet market, this has been broadly used for a long time because it is the job of a fleet manager to keep the cost down. And so therefore they have that attitude, but we haven't taken that approach in insurance. Yeah. Could, could you maybe provide a little bit more sort of about your background, you know, why you decided to join Pouch, what other InsurTech type things you did and, 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 and maybe, you know, sort of how you made the transition from carrier world into, you know, more purely entrepreneurial things? For sure. So I had the great fortune of going to the great graduate school of insurance known as Progressive. Uh, I always call that like the best learning in the world. And it was like just an exceptional personal experience. My co-founder, Steve McKay, was one of the people that first interviewed me at Pergasa. We still have a relationship 13 years later. Uh, Kate Terry, the founder of Surround Insurance, was my boss. Uh, Tim Nee, who is the CEO of a small carrier, was also there. I mean, I could just keep going on and on and on. Ron Davies, who was, uh, until recently, the CEO of uh, Safe Auto, was part of that group. I mean, just the, I mean, just imagine being a young person involved with those folks, right? Right. So it's just, it's an, it was an amazing opportunity. It was in the small Richmond office, which was very famous and notorious at its time. Um, and so I started there. And then after six months of doing North Carolina, I was, you know, a product analyst, 
Steve McKay goes, like, you're done with the Carolina thing? Because you can't really do much because it's complicated. I said, yeah, sort of. And he goes to Kate, makes a deal. I wasn't aware of it. And then um, I go into this thing called Snapshot, my rate. And I started doing telematics. And that's ever since then, I haven't looked back. So do you think the best place to kind of get that foundation is in a carrier organization with sort of mentors and the structure around that? Or do you think InsureTech has kind of matured to a point where there's places you can start early in your career and and, and build the right foundation for long-term success? I tend to be very disciplined about this. Um, if anybody wants to blame anybody, there's a guy named Brent Gay uh, who, who impart this on me. He was a CFO. And, you know, when you work for a CSO, CFO is always a little different. He was like, he was like a trained accountant, right? And and he, we were talking about a particular individual who, who was very talented. She was so smart, but like no focus, right? And he said, she needs to have like a function, right? Like there's dentists and there's accountants. And, and, and that was a very rigid way of thinking, but no less, he hit it home for me. Yeah. He looked at me, he said, Gloria, you're a product person. Absolutely. And so I use that as an example because I think you can get that basic X's and O's at a great carrier, name the carrier, because there is people who will invest in teaching you the structure of insurance. Right. So that's a must have if you are passionate about coverages and delivery. Mm -hmm. The same can be said for people who will work at the big tech firms. Is there anything maybe we missed or anything else you'd like to share before we wrap up? A movement is a strong word for me because I don't find myself as, as a person. You know, I'm an entrepreneur. There's an individualism in me. But I feel like there's a moment here that we have to get to ensure tech 3.0. And I think for me, that requires a great deal of great minds and aggregation moving in directional now, I'm not asking us all to come by and get together, but I do think there's a great opportunity to be objective, not only on behalf of the investor bench, because our investors are going to be much happier, uh, but also, I think, in the type of innovation that we're fostering. State your definition of 1.0 and 2.0. Oh, yeah, no, that's fair. So I'm selfishly 1.0, I felt was B2B service centric. Uh, a lot of insured texts that came around, I will put Drive Factor in that group in the early 2000s that were built to provide services for insurance companies. There's lots of companies that fit that category. There was a few MGAs, but really 2.0 was the birth of the lemonades and the cover wallets and the maturity of like a credit karma, which is a fintech, but plain in insurance, if you remember. Yeah. So I think those a lot of those guys are now ginormous. Right. And so I think that's 2.0. And I think 2.0 also is like the creation of the conferences and the util like I, I see the same thing with the maturity of telematics. Right. 3.0 for me is now you have winners and losers degrees of and then you need to get to scale and speed because you spend if, if you objectively look at the industry, we spend a lot of money. Some things have worked, some have not. Valuations are crazy high. Um, is that sustainable? So I think for me, 3.0 is um, perhaps a sifting of the cream uh, and also what are the next areas of investment. And to me, that is coverage diversification, that is embedded insurance, that is scalable technology. The COO of Pouch and the CEO of Multiply, it was great to have you on and, uh, you know, really appreciate all your insights. 
No, it's been such a pleasure as usual.